0: Welcome to the Free Music Ed Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Phillips. I know Stephen mentioned me in the last podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what he said because I haven't listened to it yet. Don't tell him. But I am joining the crew of the Free Music Ed Podcast and freemusiced.org. Uh, you know, Stephen is our woodwind expert, and Gannon Phillips, are my brother and our other guy, he is our brass expert and quite the bass player at that. Both of them are excellent jazz players. I will be coming on as the percussion, mallet, drum set, guitar expert. Uh, you remember back to episode six or so of this podcast, they interviewed me as the private lesson guy that taught privately up in DFW, and I talked about teaching guitar, teaching banjo, Uh, And some other instruments that I taught because then I was teaching pop music and modern stuff. Now I have moved into the area with Stephen and and teaching percussion here at his school, teaching percussion at a few other schools, uh, which I'm very excited about and get my hand back into that world that I haven't been in for a couple years Uh, But it's really exciting, and I'm really excited to be here with you guys and bring you some new material. Uh, If you have anything that you want me to talk about in particular, please leave a comment. Let us know. We can cover just about any subject now in music, whether you're talking band, classical, modern, uh, recording techniques, whatever. We can cover it all now, which I'm really excited about. So, um, so good to be here. Let's hop into our top tick, which is Drumsticks 101, as you can tell by the title. Now. If you already think you know a ton about drumsticks, or you think that this podcast is going to be boring and a waste of time and a lot of stuff that you probably already know, not true! There's a lot of information here that I'm going to present to you that is new, probably to you, because some of the information, after playing drums for 20 some odd years, some of this information was new to me when I did a little bit of research on this the other day, so... I think you can pull a lot out of this, and if you're a band director or the leader of some sort of group, um, I think you'll be able to pull out of this what sticks to give to your kids that's going to improve their sound and the way they play. Oftentimes, we see the wrong drumsticks used for the wrong purpose, and it actually sacrifices our sound a little bit. So, let's start with our first subject we need to talk about, which is the wood type. There's three basic types of wood that are used for sticks, mostly two. Some people say that two are best, but there is a third one that is made. Um, The first one we want to talk about is maple. Maple is a much lighter wood, um, and it's also a bit of a flexible wood. Um, If you take a maple stick and you hit a cymbal really hard, it's actually going to feel like, you're not going to see it, but it's going to feel like the stick kind of has a little give and bends a little bit into that stroke even as it flies through the air. Maple is a little more flexible like that. Um, and because of its lightweight and its flexibility, it absorbs the shock of the impact pretty well. Whether you're hitting drum or cymbal. Um, so this this stick is really good for a lighter sound. It's good for a little quicker playing. Um, and it's good for drummers who don't want to feel the impact of the shock. There's a lot of professional drummers that use um, these lighter maple sticks. But a good way to think about it... Um, if you want a comparison is to think about the sticks that come with the game rock band. Those sticks tend to be really, really light, right? <laughs> You're probably thinking, man, this is be terrible sticks because of how light they are. Some drummers do prefer that kind of lightness. Now, I don't know if those sticks are actually maple or if they're a cheaper kind of wood or if they're some sort of composite, they do make really cheap sticks out of a wood blend, believe it or not. And they kind of glue it together and make it look like a real piece of wood, <laughs> um, yeah, those are terrible. They break really quickly, um, but they do exist. Um, and I don't know if the Rock Band 6 are maple, but that's about how maple feels. So if you want to know how maple feels, grab one of those and hit something really hard, hopefully not a person, and you will see what I mean. Our second type of wood is hickory, and that's the most common kind. Uh, if you pick up a Vic Firth stick four out of five times, it's going to be hickory. Um, those are heavier than the maple. I wouldn't call them heavy necessarily, but they are heavier. Um, They have less flexibility, so they don't flex when you hit stuff as much, um, and they don't absorb the impact as much because of that, but they do absorb a lot of the shock, I would say more than half, Um, and they have a little thicker sound than the maple, Um, and this is the stick that most people choose, is the hickory. It's a good balance down the middle, and depending on how you shape the stick and the thickness, the size of the tear on the edge, um, it... It's a really versatile wood, and so that's the most popular kind. The third kind, which you see made less often, is oak. That is a really dense wood, Um, and obviously it doesn't have flex, and you're going to feel shock more often than not, Um, but it is a very durable, heavy, and thick stick. Um, You look up Promark, they have a whole series that's oak, and they call it some Japanese name that I do not have off the top of my head. But they have that kind of stick. I used to have those sticks when I was in junior high and high school. And I really enjoyed the oak sticks. They're a totally different feel. Um, Those sticks are really best. I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. Those are best for rock, metal, and real heavy drum set playing. Um, There's not a whole lot of place for oak in the concert or marching percussion. Though I have seen them there, there's not a whole lot of place for them. Now, of course, there are other woods in this. There's beautiful rosewood sticks that Cooperman makes for uh, uh, orchestral snare drum, and they are absolutely beautiful sticks, Um, some of my absolute favorites. Um, So there are other types of wood, but those are just the main three that you're going to see. And, of course, there are sticks made out of different materials. You know, I've seen metal ones, unfortunately. These thick plastic ones, these nylon ones, that are really dense Um, I've even seen rubber sticks, if you can believe it or not. These big floppy things all over the drums. And those are not the best sticks to play with, especially the metal and the thick plastic ones, because those will actually, they don't absorb the shock at all. And that goes straight to your arm, and that'll cause injury. And it has caused injury in me before when I had a set of nylons. Um, So I strongly recommend staying away from those. It's kind of a gimmicky thing, in my opinion. While that is my opinion, I do think it's gimmicky and... Um, Just stick with wood. Wood works. I've been using it for a long time. There's no reason not to use wood. It sounds great, partially because the tip of the stick, we can change the material on that. You see what I did there, Segway? That's called a Segway, and I did a good job at it until I announced it. Now it's obvious. Daggummit. The tip type. (laughs) There are two types of materials that you can use for the tip. Wood, nylon, and those are the two common types. Three out of five sticks are going to be wood. Two out of five, you're going to see nylon tips, and the nylon tips are pretty specific. Generally, people prefer nylon because of the way that sounds on the cymbals. You get a real nice—they pull out the high frequencies of the cymbal much better than the wood does. The wood has an earthier sound, and um, like you talk about the Vic Firth American Classics, those wooden tip ones, you can hear the stick um, if you hit the tip of it into a ride cymbal. You can hear the wood knocking just a little bit. Um, some people love that sound. Jazz guys love that sound. I'm a jazz guy. I love the sound of the wood in the cymbal, but some people just want to hear the cymbal, and having that nylon tip takes care of that, and it's it works well. There are even some marching sticks I've seen. I think the Ralph Hardiman's, they have a nylon series, if they still make those, um, and they make those for the cymbals. Um, I. I will say those Ralph Hardeman nylon tips, the tips have flown off before, and that can be a problem. <laughs> so um, unless you're doing a lot of cymbal work, there's no reason to have nylon tips for your marching. Um, they work really good for drumstick. I can't think of a single reason why you would want a nylon tip for concert percussion. You usually want a darker sound for that kind of stuff. And so using nylon, I would not recommend it for that. Um, there are other tips, of course. There's rubber. I have a set of Scott Johnson sticks that have rubber tips. Um, so it's basically having practice pads for the tips, and I can play on any surface, and it's very quiet. That's cool. I've seen metal tips, and I will never use that. <laughs> that's I think that's gimmicky as well. I'm sure you can get some cool tones out of it, but that's well, that's something. Um, it is definitely something, <laughs> but I wouldn't call it wrong either. That's I'm just talking preference for myself. Um, now, the most important thing in deciding a stick. Is actually the shape of the tip. And if you grab anything from today, this is the thing that you need to grab in drumstick choice is the tape, the tape of the ship, the, sh- hold on, the shape of the tip. <laughs> there we go. All right. I got it. Yeah. I confused myself there. The shape of the tip is what we want to get um, into our head and how that function. And there's a lot of different shapes. Um, the first shape you're going to see if you start beginning band is a nice sphere. On the tip is this is perfect little ball, and that's what the tip of the stick is. And you're probably already thinking of the Vic Firth s d ones. Those sticks come in just about every beginner package, whether it's just the sticks and mallets or it's the beginner package that comes with the bells and the pad or the bells and the snare. And almost any brand, not every brand, but almost any brand of beginner pack. Um, with the with the bell kit, and all that stuff, is going to come with those SD ones. The reason is, and this is why the SD one is such a great beginner stick, and has been used for the last twenty or thirty years or more. I don't, I don't know when that stick came out. Um, they definitely were using that stick in the '80s. Um, is that with the round tip, no matter the angle of the stick hitting on the drum, it's p- going to sound pretty much the same. Now, of course, because of the velocity of the stick coming to the drum and the angle of the stick. Coming towards the drum head, the sound will change a little bit, but it's going to be very minimal. Um, The stick is generally going to sound the same on a sphere because you think about physics, the same amount of wood is coming in contact with the drum on every stroke. So if you have one student that has a tendency to chop, and you have another student that plays straight up and down, and another student that plays with their arms too tall, or you go into uh, some festival with six snare drummers, and you're doing your sixth grade band performance at the festival, and your tall snare drummer plays on the snare drum stand that broke five minutes before the performance, and so the snare drum's down at his knees, his sound's not going to change very much because he's using the sticks that has the same sound all around it. Um, Yes, I have seen that happen before. (laughs) Where the drum drops down five minutes before Florence, and for some reason they put the tall kid on it. Don't know why, but uh, one of those things, you know, one of those things. So that's what's so good about the SD-1 is you get that uniform sound all around the tip. Uh, The second shape you're going to see more often than not is the acorn tip. It looks exactly like an acorn, if you can imagine that. The tip of the stick is rounded off, and it comes down like an arrowhead and then closes in. Um, It kind of looks like a closed mushroom a little bit. Um, Those are really good because you can get different tones on the cymbals, but it's easy to control because there's not a whole lot of surface area that changes. Uh, If I play really flat, I'm getting the edge of that acorn, and I'm using a little bit of wood and getting a, a slightly thinner sound than if my stick is slightly angled, which is the normal way you play on a drum, and you're getting a lot pretty much almost that entire acorn is going to be hitting the drum or the cymbal, um, especially once it makes impact, The whole that whole side is going to be hitting the drum, um, and you get a bigger sound that way. Uh, most drum set players are going to play with an acorn tip because they prefer you get a little bigger sound that way, um, when, you, especially when you're playing at an angle, and with the drums everywhere and the cymbals all over the place, that angle is what is the, is the attack that's going to come towards that symbol. Um, a, a stick example of that is the Vic Firth American Classic. Um, excuse me if I am using Vic Firth like crazy for all this stuff. There's lots of other brands that do this stuff, and they do great things. Vic Firth is just the one I grew up with and I'm very familiar with, so that's what I'm using in reference. Um, the third one is the Teardrop, and the Teardrop is not like the Acorn. The Teardrop is more, much closer to an oval. Um, an oval shape and but it comes to a tip at the end. A good example of that is the Vic Firth Erkstein, the Peter Erkstein ride stick. There's two Erkstein sticks. There's one with a little round tip and then there's the one with the tear the teardrop and that's the Peter Erkstein ride tip. And a little story to tell you why the ride the tip of those sticks are the way they are. It's because um, Peter Erkstein came out with his first model from Vic Firth. It looked really good and he was being interviewed about that and talking about his stick and why it's a thinner stick and how he likes that for the jazz sound with the small tip and all that stuff. Later on in the interview, um, he's talking about how he plays on the ride cymbal and the angle of his stick. He likes to change that up a bit because he likes to get different tones. He can get different tones from the ride cymbal, not just from where he hits, but from the angle of his stick. And so really out of the ride cymbal, he can get like 10 tones out of one cymbal. And it's, he can pull all this color, and then you can put the whole drum set with that. He has so many color options, and he loves that. And the interviewer asked, so if you like doing that, then why is your signature stick have a round tip? Of course, Erkstein realized his mistake then and came out with the ride stick. <laughs> so that's where that little booger comes from, was actually the, oh, whoops, the ride stick is more like my playing style when it comes to the symbol. So there's an Erxene right Stick, and that's your teardrop. And, of course, it's all about the angle of your stick. You can get more tones out of the the drum. And not really the drum, the cymbal. Oh, well, also the drum, I'm sorry. The Another one is the oval shape. Um, oval shape is popular because it's very similar to the round shape in that a lot of different angles you play, they're all going to sound, well, not all, a lot of them are going to sound the same, but there's still a little bit of difference. Um, and the other thing that oval does is what the acorn does is that you have a large playing surface on that tip and so you get a little bigger sound. So that's a popular stick for for that purpose. Uh, the barrel tip, that's a different shape and you can think of that as the Vic Firth Ralph Hardman's, or you can also think of the Promark sticks, the Rick Latham. Um, those are going to be barrel tips um, and the reason for barrel tips is so that you have a maximum amount of wood making contact with the drum um, because you basically with a barrel tip you have a much flatter surface and you're going to be pulling out more sound. That's why Hardament and a lot of marching sticks have that barrel tip because the barrel tip is going to give you more projection from the drum and pull more sound out. And then the fifth one, and I'm not being crude, is the butt. And now what I mean by that is the back side of the stick is the same as the front side of the stick. And that's so you have not just a stick that, um, because, I mean, you think about it, really, I could just turn my sticks around and play like that, right? Well, you could, but now the weight and the balance of the stick is all over the plate. So they make a stick that has the same on both sides so that you can hold it on one side, and it still has the same weight and feel as any other stick. Um, and the Promark, the Rock Knockers, are these really big, thick ones that do that, and they are they are big, hefty sticks, dude. Um, I think they're oak, and those are those are really good for metal, but if you don't know what you're doing with that, you can damage some drum heads because of the shape of the tip. It's just this round thing that'll drive right through, and then you look at just about any timbali stick, like the Tito Puente model or the Alex Acuna model or anything like that. Timbali sticks, that's the round, the tip they have. It's just a regular old stick, and that's a tradition thing. These real thin um, things, and timbali sticks have a great sound. Now, Let's talk about the taper very quickly. That is something that you take into consideration. And by taper, I mean you have the shaft of the stick, which is one size, and then it kind of it thins out down to the tip. Um, there's two things to consider with the taper there, is the, the The further it tapers, like the distance from top to bottom of the stick, the longer that taper is, it's going to take more weight off the tip of the stick, and it's going to make the stick sound thinner. And it's going to make the stick play with more flex, can be more flexible. Um, So sticks that have a quieter sound are going to have a larger taper in that fashion. And then, of course, the exact same thing is true for how thin it tapers out. The thinner it tapers out, the more wood you're taking off of that and the thinner your sound is going to be. And you combine those two elements to mix and match the flexibility of the stick and the way it feels on the drum with how loud or soft or how thick and thin the tone is. Um, compare an SD one and then take a look online and look at the SD, I forget the number for it, but it's the Bolero B O L E R O like the jum, like that little Ravel song. Um, and that's what the stick is named after because it it, um, the taper on that starts at the tip of the stick and goes all the way down right to where you hold the stick and those things feel like you're holding a sheet of paper. They are barely there. Um, but the idea of those is to play really quietly. It's very difficult to play loud with those sticks. Um, and basically all they did was took the SD-1, put a smaller tip on it, and just shaved a bunch of wood off. Um, and it makes a really nice light sound. For light playing, like in um, playing Scheherazade, some of the excerpts, the snare excerpts from the third movement. You're supposed to playing at four pianos. pianissimo Um, with these small, quick, open-stroke rolls, and that bolero stick is really good for that kind of thing. Um, So the taper of the stick does make a difference. So band directors, if you want your kids to play a little quieter, um, of course, you don't need to get boleros because they're going to break those. They're so thin. Um, Just get a stick that has more taper, and that's going to bring down their volume a little bit. If you want a bigger sound, less taper. Look at the marching sticks. Their tapers aren't very big at all. Um, Of course, something to consider on the same thing or the same page as taper is the thickness Um, and it's exactly what you would expect the thicker is louder and more powerful the thinner is lighter and more flexible as we have talked about already but let me take this moment to talk about when you want to use those kind of sticks thicker sticks of course they are great for marching we we know marching drumsticks are about as thick as it gets out there the only sticks that are as thick as marching sticks are metal i don't mean the material i mean the style sticks that are made for metal drumming those are big thick things too to get huge sounds and play hard <laughs> um rock is good for that funk is good for that to get a big sound orchestral sticks you need you need thick sticks for different types of orchestral stuff that's why the SD1 is a thicker stick it's thicker than almost any other drum stick that's considered a standard Uh, simply because you want to get a bigger sound out of the drum. And you know that your 6th graders, your 7th graders, aren't going to have the same muscle development as your older students, and so they need a thicker stick to pull more sound out. Um, And sometimes when you're talking certain types of jazz, you might prefer a thicker stick. But in general, to segue, you want to use jazz with a thinner stick, and that's what most jazz guys prefer, because you get a much lighter, thinner sound, um, and you can move faster. Um, there's pop, um, a lot of funk. I like to use a thinner stick because you get a real, um, airy open sound from the snare drum and a real pop when you hit the rim shot and it sounds really good with the thinner stick. That's why the Rick Lathams are thin. Um, lighter rock, you know, ballads and that kind of thing. Not power ballads, power ballads, you probably want a bigger stick for that big sound like journey uses a big stick, but you probably want a thinner stick for just lighter stuff. Um, orchestral stuff, like I mentioned with the bolero, there are times you want the the thinner sticks as well. Uh, I remember back when I was a young kid, though. Let me just say this for you, other people out there that are thinking about, hmm, what sticks should my kids use? Um, when I was in sixth grade, we started with the SD ones and then I my mom bought me my own couple pair of sticks, and I got these really thin sticks because I love the way they feel with my small hands, and I'm jamming away on these small sticks. They're like itty, itty bitty. Um, One of them were the oak pair that I mentioned before, and my teacher, Todd Uquina, forced me to move up to the thicker sticks and said, okay, when you're playing this piece, you need the thicker sticks, and I did not understand why until after high school, really. I didn't understand why he made me move up to the thicker sticks. I thought it was just getting getting me ready for playing with uh, marching percussion, and you have to use thick sticks there because that's just what everybody does. That's what I understood. Um, but what he was teaching, what he was doing for me was building my chops a little bit. It's really difficult to build strong percussion chops with thin sticks. Um, you do limit yourself a little bit if you stick with the thin sticks. Um, and it's, it's it's kind of an obvious concept. But that's something to think about, is that the thicker sticks will build. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to buy these giant logs for your students. Um, it just means that we don't need to put them on thinner sticks only just so we can have them playing quieter Maybe instead of having three snares, we cut down to two snares and stick with the SD-1s, and that will get the job done. Um, and there, obviously, there's a lot of other ways to handle that, but um, that's my personal recommendation from my experience. Using the thicker sticks was very important in my development of chops and playing ability. Uh, the other last thing we want to talk about with our wooden sticks is the length, and that is obviously self-explanatory. Longer sticks, bigger sound. Smaller sticks... Less of a big sound. Um, You look at sizes 2A, 5A, 5B, that kind of stuff. In general, what they're referring to, the 2s are longer than the 5s, and the B is larger than the A when it comes to the thickness of the stick. So a 5B is going to be thicker than a 5A, but a 5A is going to be shorter than a 2A. 5s are fine for just about everything you need to do. 5s are a good standard size two. Um, With the power that they bring, that's a drum set stick, really. Um, Or if you're doing a percussion part that just needs big sounds coming out, that's when you pull out your two A's. Um, Most metal sticks are going to be like two B's, these real thick things that are made out of oak that you're just digging into the drums. Um, I believe the Vic Firth SD1s are somewhere between a 5B and a 5A, if not a 5B. Um, The American Classic, which is a really popular drum set stick. And if you're going to buy a general drum set stick, I would recommend the Vic Firth American Classic. Um, That's a 5A. It has a fantastic middle-of-the-road, gets the job done, sounds good in just about every situation stick. Um, Good. So that's that's the lowdown on sticks. Um, There are alternative things I'm going to cover really quick. um, When we're talking about brushes and other alternate types, alternative type of sticks... Brushes, um, you're, you're, you immediately think of jazz and think about those wire brushes that they sell that you can pull in and out and do all cool stuff with. But there are other kinds. There are nylon ones. There's one called the – oh, I forgot the name. But it's one that Vic Firth makes. It's really thick wire that's kind of twisted, and you can't pull it in or out. It's just stuck out. Um, and those things are loud, but you can really cool sound on the cymbals. They're not very loud on the cymbals. They're pretty clanky on drums if you want that sound. But they get a pretty cool sound. I've watched several DCI cores march those on the snares. And it sounds, from a distance, it sounds like you're playing with brushes. But because you're using those big, fat wires, they project enough that they can be used on the marching field. Um, Nylon brushes are fantastic for jazz, um, for Latin stuff. If you're doing something that doesn't do the moving on the snare where you get that shh, but you're just hitting with the brushes... Um, nylons are really good. They get a really fat, wet sound, and I love playing with them for uh, country where you're doing that little train, do go chaka, do go chaka, that kind of beat. Um, the wire sticks for doing that kind of thing, or your standard brushes, wire brushes, they sound pretty good for that, but they're just a little too thin for me. I like the wet sound of the nylon. When I mean, Those are great. And then uh, let me see my next thing. Last thing I want to talk about is hot rods and roots and those kind of things. The root is the Vic Firth version of the hot rod and you have seen those before if you've ever played in a church you've seen those before where they got the hot rods back there with the drummer most of the time when you see somebody using a hot rod they are using it because they need to be quieter and especially that's what the band leader did or whatever and said you're too loud here's some hot rods that'll make you too quiet That is not the intended purpose of hot rods, and I, after many years of using them for that purpose, I'm pretty against it now, (laughs) and let me tell you why. The hot rod is a sound effect, not a volume controller, and what they do is change the sound that you have on the drum. Take a hot rod, if you never have before, hit a drum, and you'll see, yes, this is softer, But now hit a cymbal and listen to the sound you get out of the cymbal compared to the stick, especially if you're trying to do a crash or an impact. Just bam! You're going to notice that it's just about impossible. And then you think to yourself, well, what if I use this little plastic part of the hot rod and hit it? It sounds like a whoosh, and you get a really big sound. It's just about impossible to get a middle volume from a crash cymbal with the hot rod. Um, And so what you're actually doing when you hand your drummer a hot rod and say, this is how you control your volume is you're limiting what that drummer can do for you. Um, And he's going to feel limited and he probably is not going to say anything about it, but he's going to feel very limited in what he's able to do because number one, you just took all his symbols away from him, except for tappy sounds, little or ride symbol, ding, ding, ding. All his crashes are going to sound lame and you're not going to get a good impact on them. Instead, of handing your drummer hot rods, we need to go back and talk about, let's start using a thinner stick. First off, let's use a thinner, smaller stick, probably some sort of jazz stick. And then number two, let's get the drummer, let's teach him how to play to the room. And that's what I tell all my students. Sure, you can play loud, I can play very loud. I can fill up a stadium if I want to. But whenever I sit down in the room, the first thing I look at is how much volume can this room handle? Second thing I look up is how much volume does this ensemble need? playing with a jazz combo, uh, playing with a small band. Am I playing with a big band? Uh, Am I playing with a rock band? (laughs) Rock band, I'm really going to play out. Jazz combo, if I'm sitting there in Starbucks and in the corner with no carpet under me on the drums, you bet I'm going to play quiet. But I'm going to do it with sticks because I want to preserve the tone of the cymbal and the drum that I can get with those sticks. And I'm just going to play to the room. So that's what you need to tell your drummers and all your other guys is, look, we need to play to the room, which means when maybe we're in the band hall rehearsing and doing a drum set song, um, you need to pull back a little bit. When we go out into the gym and we're playing for the pep rally, now you can play out a little more. Don't go crazy. But we can take that mezzo forte and pull it up to a forte because now we're playing to the room and we're balancing with the ensemble. We teach all of our wind players that kind of concept, but we're not teaching our drummers that. (laughs) And, And that's what we need to do instead of handing them hot rods and doing that. Now the hot rods are fantastic sticks for their purpose um for using them with you know to doing different kinds of effects they're great for country and that kind of thing they're great for using uh what am I thinking of? Oh the brushes the brush version there's there's a great hot rod I believe it's the hot rod brand that is actually it looks like a giant broom (laughs) it looks like you took about a handful out of a broom shoved them together and said here play with this and wrap some plastic around it so it sticks together those are really cool for effects on the snare drum and on drum set of course they don't make any sound on the cymbal uh, but they're really cool for that effect on the drums really fat wet sound and there's lots of other kinds of brushes I'm sorry hot rods the roots are cool they got hot rods that have foam in the middle with the dowel rods around it they got some they got bigger dowel rods smaller dowel rods that kind of thing Um, So those are sticks that you want to use and experiment for different sound options. I would even consider using them in concert band and orchestral stuff just to get a different tone and you get a little more click with the attack. Um, I wouldn't use it for concert snare, but maybe some tom parts that you want to get a slightly different effect for. A totally legit way to use it. So that is my rundown on Drumsticks 101. I hope this has been helpful, educational, not boring, and a good time for you. Uh, If you have any comments, questions, concerns, objections, loud mob riots, or you have any cookies for me because I did such a good job, please drop it in the comments below. Uh, You have our website, freemusiced.org. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, please suggest a way. Uh, we can cover lots of topics and if we can't cover them, we can bring in an expert that can cover that topic. We have a lot of interviews lined up in the future that I'm really excited about um, that Steven's going to be doing. and in fact, this podcast after this, probably gonna be an interview, but please don't quote me on that because I'm not for sure. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been really fun for me. I look forward to what I can bring you in the future. Thank you again for listening and you guys have a good day. We'll catch you later.